Welcome to Building Vibrant Communities, a podcast for anyone interested in supporting and being part of the future success of our cities and towns, from downtowns and high streets to main streets and small towns. This podcast is a collaboration of team members of Patronicity and Bench Consulting from across the country. Thanks for joining us. Hello and welcome to Building Vibrant Communities. I'm Bridget Anderson in Indiana and I'm joined by Ibrahim Varatia, who's our co-founder in uh, Oakland. How are you doing, Ibrahim? I'm doing well. Excited to be here. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us. And I want to also welcome our special guest today. His name is Bill Brunel. He's the co-founder and project manager for Independent We Stand, uh, a cause marketing campaign sponsored by Steele. Really excited to have you join us. Uh, specifically, you get to work um, to support small businesses and really um, lead some campaigns to keep business local. Can you tell us about your work with Independent We Stand? Sure. Um, independently We Stand, like you mentioned earlier, is, is really started out as a, a cause marketing campaign. It was first launched in January of 2011. Uh, it was inspired by a company called Steel uh, that you mentioned. And Steel is the number one manufacturer of outdoor gasoline-powered uh, power equipment in the, in the country. Um, and what's amazing about their story is they did not do it by working with the big box stores or national chains. They work with 9,000 independent uh, dealers across the country, you know, mom and pop hardware stores, garden centers. Um, and that kind of set the business world on fire because most manufacturers think that the gold at the end of the rainbow is to work with these big box stores. And um, unfortunately, what often happens when you work with these um, big box stores is they squeeze you so much on the price that the quality of the product suffers. And for anybody that knows the steel uh, product line, it's all about quality. Um, the last thing you want is a chainsaw that doesn't work well. And um, they were looking for a way to recognize and help those 9,000 steel dealers compete with the big box stores. And, and um, they came up with the idea of Independent We Stand. And again, it started out as a marketing campaign, but soon after it launched, it was amazing the reaction from the rest of the small business community because they all wanted to be part of it. Um, one of the things that uh, we started doing right away for steel dealers was providing them with um, educational materials, marketing materials, and other tools and resources they could use uh, to build their local brands, for lack of a better description. And right away, other businesses started noticing. They just said, you know, hey, how can we sign up? And we had uh, everything from bookstores to tattoo parlors to record shops to coffee shops reaching out to us and saying, hey, how can we be a part of this? And the classy company that Steel is, they said, you know what, as long as they qualify for locally owned, and we make every business that, that, that uh, joins and signs up goes through a, a process where we ask five different questions that really determines how local they are. As long as they can pass that test, it's free of charge. They sign up. They have access to all these materials and training. And, and, uh, and that really speaks to what a classy company um, steel is. And, and really, it's just taken off from there. We're going to be celebrating our 10th year early next year. And it's really, it's become, it was, it started as a cause marketing campaign that really grew into movement. And We've got members all across the country, from coast to coast, from border to border. We even have interest from company. I mean, interest from uh, folks in New Zealand, Australia, Great Britain. Uh, we haven't quite gone international yet, but it certainly is in our thoughts. Um, excellent, Bill. Congratulations on ten years. And as a co-founder of Independent, we stand. Um, what was your background, or what in your background inspired you to start 
uh, independently soon. Uh, I, I um, um, cut my teeth in the advertising and PR agency world and um, worked on, believe it or not, some big national chains who go unmentioned. So, but basically I've seen both sides of the equation. Um, and during that time, I would always try and uh, volunteer my services for various charities and other um, cause marketing campaigns. And that, that, that really, you know, made me feel good. Um, you know, everything from a, a, a family homeless shelter to United Way to um, that, you know, and, it, and it, it's, it's fun to work on the big brands, um, but it's so much more fulfilling to work on uh, something that really contributes back to the, um, to the community. And this, this project came along and I was like, absolutely, like, you know, sign me up. I get to work, work with both a big brand. I get to work with hundreds of thousands of small mom and pop businesses and do some good at the same time. So, um, yeah, it's good stuff. I really, really, really enjoy it. So a lot of what you mentioned there is like some service oriented and volunteer work. And I think that a lot of what um, goes into developing communities and creating a culture that would support local business is showing folks that you care. So um, one thing that I've been thinking about is why do you think a corporation like steel cares about communities? Um, I think that that is sometimes for businesses, it's hard for them to understand why they should care or what value there is in building up um, strong uh, connections and networks to their small businesses in, in our little main streets. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've been very lucky to work with the steel folks for now for 10 years and I'm absolutely amazed on a daily basis about how much they do care for their communities. They're a very progressive company. They realized early on that to, uh, build their brand. The best way to do that was to work with these small um, locally owned businesses. And um, they realized, like many of their dealers, that if they're going to succeed at business, they have to take care of the community in which they do that business because that community succeeds, that business will succeed. So there's both a business um, reason, there's also a personal reason. You know, a lot of, especially the steel dealers, I, um, over the years I've had so many opportunities to tell great stories about steel dealers doing wonderful things in their community. And it's because they've always lived there. Their kids go to high school there. They're, they're, they have a vested interest in the success of that community. Um, so um, they're willing to go out of their way. Now these are folks that work, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, six, seven days a week anyway, but they still go to the school board meeting. They still hold a fundraiser for the local little league team. I, I, they get it. Uh, there's, I don't think there's, there's any magic to it. They just understand in order for them to do well, the community has to do well. And, and, and similar to why I like it makes you feel good. I love that. Um, and a lot of your work is primarily around creating mar marketing materials and, and campaigns for these communities. So why do you think sometimes it can be challenging for small businesses or even communities in general to tell their story and to connect to some of the broader messaging? I'm sure you evaluate that on a kind of regular basis. Absolutely. And the biggest thing you know, for a small business owner uh, is time and budget. Um, you know, a lot of these family businesses, they're already working their tails off. I kind of touched on it earlier, but they're working six, seven days a week. Um, they turn on the lights, they order the product, they hire the personnel, they manage the personnel, um, they do the accounting, and then somebody says, oh yeah, it's time to, put, to, to, to do a Facebook post or, you know, to, to do your annual, your daily Twitter. Um, you're just 
bone dead tire. You know, a lot of these big box stores, national chains, they have, you know, social media staff of 30 or 40. <laughs> um, not, not in the case of a family business. And so what we do is we try to, you know, provide them with content that's easy to share. Um, I'm very lucky to work with some really good designers and social media folks. Um, all of the materials that we provide for free are designed by these folks. They're really into it because they're really into small businesses like I am. And we've, you know, it's really engaging stuff and it's free of charge for them to use and, and build their local brands on the community side. Um, it's, it's the same thing. We work with a lot of main street groups and a lot of bi local groups and a lot of times they're volunteer positions. So, you know, those small business owners I talked about earlier, they're also volunteering on these main street groups and on these bi local groups and there's no full-time staff. There's no huge budget. Um, so we figured, you know, the best way to get the word out about the importance of, of, of local businesses is to provide these materials to the small businesses and the community groups free of charge. And, um, that's one reason that it's become a national movement is because we're trying to help the little guys out, whether it's a little bit, I mean, a small business or a small community. Bill, um, this reminds me if, you know, you mentioned uh, Steel's commitment as a corporation to small businesses, but if you were in front of other corporations and other large businesses, um, how, what would you tell them and convey to them to encourage them to support the little guys, the small businesses? Um, because I, I do believe, you know, while we live in a capitalist society, uh, there still is a relationship that uh, needs to be had between um, your small businesses and large uh, mega corporations. Absolutely, and I think uh, with the example that Steel set, because they became number one in their in their category, there are more and more big corporations that are understanding the power of local retail. Um, I can name uh, well one of our other sponsors um, is uh, Do It Best Corp, which is a uh, hardware co-op of four thousand plus small hardware stores across the country. Actually, they've gotten it now for forty years. They forty five. They've been a co-op for a long time and they understand that these small local hardware stores are going to do better for the do it best brand than a, than a national chain. Um, there are other manufacturers that, um, you know, for example, Trek bikes, they will not sell through the big box um, sporting goods stores. Um, um, and other manufacturers like Patagonia and some of the others will actually have a line just for independent retailers and it's their best stuff. Um, so I think more and more big businesses are understanding it. And really the first thing I would tell them is protect your brand because, you know, um, and it, nothing against the big box stores, but again, when they squeeze you so much on the price, if you're a manufacturer, the first thing you're going to look at is reducing the quality of that. And, and you're going to make less money. And in some cases you may ship jobs overseas, um, from the U S factories and you may, it may actually kill the brand. And, um, I don't know. I just think independent retailers care much more about the products and the companies that help support their businesses. Um, it goes a long way. I mean, steel dealers love the fact that independent we stand is there for them. And, and you know, when you walk into a, an outdoor power shop, you've got one, let's say you've got one line of, of, of uh, outdoor power equipment on one wall and you've got steel on the other wall because of independent we stand, the first place they're going to steer you is to steel because they know that steel put up the money to help them build their local brands. I also love, I'm sorry. no, 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 that's great. Like that's, it's super helpful, especially in the context of, you know, getting, I think, 
you know, in the current, you know, COVID-19 crisis, we're seeing supply chains look different and change. And um, I, I really like pointing out that there is um, a connection between corporations and, you know, building that brand identity and that loyalty and that quality. Um, I think that that's definitely something that's uh, drawing more and more people's attention. You know, they feel more connected to Tim who, you know, might work at the do it best co-op and they trust him to tell him what works rather than, you know, maybe ordering something online that may or may not get there and may or may not have been, um, you know, constructed in the same way. So um, your feedback there is really helpful. I did want to um, share a little bit about America's Main Street contest. Can you tell us some more about that and, you know, your goals around that work? And I think you have a, an official contest winner. Yeah, um, we're in our fifth year of the America's Main Street contest. And, and we originally, um, you know, we're, we're really a grassroots marketing campaign. We don't have a huge budget. And so we were looking for a, a great way. And I, I, a big part of what we do is we educate consumers about the importance of small businesses. And, and with a small budget, we got to think outside the box. And a few years ago, the team and I came up with an idea to help promote um, Main Street groups and downtown associations and buy local groups, and especially the small businesses that help them thrive. And we came up with the, the America's Main Street contest and at the grand prize is 25 grand in cash. Uh, as well as sponsor-related prizes, and um, it has turned into one of the funnest things I've ever worked on. Um, I get to go to a small town America, and and you know the the winner here's the announcement this year is Sykesville Main Street in Sykesville, Maryland, population four thousand. Wow! And what touched my heart is um, they're going to use all that money to help the local merchants recover from COVID, um, and. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's inspiring to see a small community like that um, care enough to take care of their small businesses and their main street. So um, it's one of the funnest things I've ever done. Uh, we'll do it again next year. Um, actually, and I think about um, of the five winners we've had in five years, I don't think the population of each town has been over 20,000. I mean, these are small Main Street America towns, and and um, I really enjoy going back there. Life is so much slower, and I don't know, more meaningful. Um, neighbors, you know, everybody knows everybody, and and we usually do a big party. I'm not sure about this year, but they come out in droves, and the American flags are flying, and the high school bands are playing, and you know, kids are doing face painting, and it's just it's 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 fun to be a part of. Can you share one of your favorite like stories um, from one of these experiences or from one of these uh, years? From America's Main Street? <laughs> uh, or work with any of your communities. Um, just like a favorite story of impact, of uh, surprise, of excitement. Um, something that, you know, I'm sure it happens uh, on a daily basis where you're, you feel so inspired. You're like, this is why I do this work. Yeah. Uh, but something I, that you're really proud of. I, um, I, um, we try to go on a promotional road trip once a year. We try to visit five cities and five states in five days. Um, this year we had uh, plans to travel to, from Seattle to LA in five days. Uh, that was March 12th it was supposed to take place, so you can probably guess what happened to that road trip. Uh, we are now rethinking that and renaming it um, West Coast Cruising Road Trip to Recovery Road Trip. 
Um, and that'll probably take, I'm hoping sometime this fall, but where I was going with this is the very first road trip we did. We went up to Washington, DC and we went to a famous uh, place called Ben's Chili Bowl. Um, ever heard of it? No. Ben's Chili Bowl has the best chili hot dogs in America and it is, uh, frequented by celebrities. It's, it's, um, it's an institution been around for 40 or 50 years. And we got the opportunity to interview Nazim Ali. He is the son of the um, uh, owner. And um, in a busy diner type atmosphere with pots clinging and people yelling orders and the hustle and bunch bustle of lunch in downtown Washington, D.C. on a weekday, Nazim told us about how um, after Martin Luther King was assassinated, the riots took place right there. And... Ben's Chili Bowl had such a reputation for taking care of the community that word went out, nobody touches Ben's. In, in addition to that, the chief of police at the time reached out to Nazim's father and asked him to help try and mediate to calm things down. And his dad invited the police chief as well as uh, community members, some of the um, leaders of the protest. And they sat down at a table at Ben's and worked it out. And uh, when that when he, and we've still got that on our YouTube page, I should share that more often, YouTube channel. Um, I was stunned. I, I, as you guys can tell, I have a little bit of a gift for Gab. I couldn't, I, there was no response to that. Um, that was probably my single favorite moment of, 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 of all, that, a, that, a, that a, a small business could be so involved and so supportive of the community that in the face of, of riots all around them and fires and a lot of things we're going through now, Somebody said, no, nobody touches Ben's. And then they actually help calm things down. So that's it. Ben's Chili Bowl. If you get a chance, they have the best chili dogs in the world. Besides the best attitude. <laughs> I love that you shared that story, especially particularly, it's particularly timely. And I think what it kind of represents is this idea that not only for a big corporation like Steel to see the value in understanding what their customers' needs are and their connection to the community, but small businesses um, can play a critical role in shaping what what happens in their community. And I think that's a really profound uh, way to kind of wrap up our conversation today. Um, we thank you so much for your time, Bill. It's been a pleasure. Um, is there anything else you wanted to share with us about the work you're doing or uh, to promote any uh, new projects or campaigns you're working on? Well, you know, um, we would highly recommend you visit the website first at independentwestand.org, uh, both uh, as a small business owner and or um, just a, um, a regular person. Uh, we have a lot of resources for both small business owners, but we also have um, um, sections that will educate, you know, the public about why they should support local businesses. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we are constantly sharing reasons to buy local and great stories like the one I just shared. And um, it's, uh, um, it's a wonderful project to work on. I appreciate everybody's support. Thank you so much, Bill. We appreciate uh, your time and uh, congratulations to America's Main Street contest winner, Sykesville, Maryland. <laughs> Yeah, little old sex bomb. Looking forward to it. We're talking about potentially going in October, but we'll see. Wonderful. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
Thanks for tuning in to Building Vibrant Communities. We hope you were inspired to hear from our guests and learn more about how together we are shaping communities now and in the future. If you or someone you know should be featured on our podcast, let us know. You can tweet us at patronicity or email us at info at Stay safe and be inspired.